Welcome to FreightWave Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. We have a stacked show today. We got uh, Brent Hutto from truckstop.com. He's going to be going over fraud on load boards, double brokering. I know it's been a big topic. If you guys looked over at uh, TIA, I mean, that, there was a bunch of sessions on that. On What the Truck, we've been doing a bunch of sessions. We'll be talking probably about this at the Future of Supply Chain coming up at the end of June. Make sure to get your tickets. Uh, we have a couple of great guests in studio, Truck Parking Club. They're talking about the truck parking issue. Rachel Premack is going to talk about why aren't all these drivers unionized and get into a little deregulation. We'll have a little history with her. And TTN Fleet Solutions is talking about vehicle maintenance. Before we jump into things, though, we've got to tip the band. Thank you very much to our headline sponsor, Truck Stop. we got our universal sponsor, Uber Freight. we got the regionals, TTN Fleet Solutions, Truck Parking Club, and Simplex Group. There's a prize today. If you're watching this on, on YouTube or on social media like LinkedIn, Go to live.freightwaves.com and register because you're going to win this hot Yeti Tundra cooler. It's summertime. Be the hippest guy on the block. Have the best cooler around, right? Flex a little bit. I know you want to. Next event, I just mentioned it. Future of Supply Chain, June 21st to June 22nd. Cleveland, Ohio, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Get your tickets now. And a little shout out to the comments section. Good morning to Reed, Mila, Kesha, Suzanne, Lindsay, Juan, Morgan, Gregory, Maxime, Kelia, Jeffrey, Adam, Rosemary, and Santee. But let's get down to business. Got some great guests in the studio and our own founder and CEO, Craig Fuller. Right next to him is Evan Shelley. He's the co-founder and CEO over at Truck Parking Club and their chief growth officer, Hunter Shearer. Good afternoon, guys. Good morning. How are you, dinner? What's up, Craig? Before we jump into things, I know everyone's just chopping at the bit. Can we get a can we get a 60-second market update? I know some, some, there's been some developments today. Yeah, I mean, it's doom and gloom, I think, is the general sort of sense of the market right now. Um, and it's not just the truckload operators and certainly is not just the small fleets. Uh, Old Dominion, arguably one of the most disciplined LTO operators in the business, uh, reported that their volumes were down 12%. Their stock has taken a beating this morning. And UPS, uh, a company that's really not exposed to the truckload market at all, but has exposure to the broader economy and the broader freight market, they also uh, saw a significant deterioration in volume and in sec- really the forecast for the, this quarter, uh, and their stock dropped by 10%. So we're seeing not just softness among small fleets, but we're seeing this become an economic story and one that's quite concerning considering all of the conversations about the uh, financial uh, markets and what's happening around those. Challenging, challenging market. If you guys missed it, all these segments on this show are going to be available on our Freightcast Network, our FreightWaves Live Events feed, or on FreightWavesTV.com. You can check out that State of Freight segment earlier. Craig breaks down brilliantly what's going on. But so yesterday, Evan, you texted me and you said, hey, man, Craig's coming on with us. So my first question for all you guys is, how do you know Craig Fuller? How'd you get into this truck parking game? Yeah, um, actually, that's a great question. Um, I saw... Craig on CNBC, actually, um, he was in some segment. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really wanting to get into this truck parking thing. This is the guy that I need to get myself around. And so I may or may not have just called him up and said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit. I, I uh, just called him up and said, you know, gave him a spiel on like what my thoughts are, what I want to do. And fortunately, um, 
you listened and um, you know helped me when I didn't have a lot to go with, but ultimately it's been you know a great advisor to myself and the company. What was his advice, Craig? Someone calls you up and says, "Hey, truck parking. I want to get into it." What do you What do you tell that person? Yeah, I mean, look, I I wouldn't say it's all about advice. It's a it's a really a project I really believe in. I believe in the business model. What Evan is trying to do is really bring better solutions to drivers in the market, uh, better uh, parking solutions. You know, there is a massive uh, parking shortage, and that is a real shortage. We like to joke about the driver shortage not being real. The lack of parking is a fundamental problem, and a lot of municipalities and states are not making investments to help uh, the driver's uh, quality of life better. Let's be honest, one of the biggest frustrations of the driver's lifestyle is the inability to find safe parking. Evan's trying to address that. He's built out an app. He's got a vision for where this business can go. And I've met a lot of founders. I'm a founder myself. He is hustling every day to bring solutions to the truck drivers so that they have safe places to park. I have been so impressed with the progress that you've made really in the last six months of just bringing not only awareness to the issue, but also bringing a lot of the a lot owners into the community. You know what's funny? When, when they came in today, they printed out these new business cards, right? And he hands me, I thought this was like a stack of $100 bills. And I'm like, man, I, I can't take that. You need me to be soft on you today. It turns out they're, they're business cards. They're really cool. You look it out inside here. Looks like a flashy dollar bill. But you guys also have a van you just wrapped. Let's take, it's parked out in front of Freight Alley, but you guys filmed a video with it. Let's take a look. Okay, guys, truckparkingclub.com. We have the van wrapped and finished, and we're coming to a truck show near you. If you see this thing coming down the road, you know that it is us. Put your property on the platform, download the app. We're going to help you truckers find parking across America and help people with vacant lots like the one I'm sitting on uh, make money. So if you guys have vacant property that you can park trucks, let us know. And also, drivers, hit us up, download the app, and we'll help you get parking. Truckparkingclub.com. Nice. Well, you mentioned download the app. You got plenty of locations. Where where are these located, and how does the driver interact with this? Well, we're actually we're adding locations all the time. We actually very recently added a location here in Chattanooga at American Truck Repair and Wrecker Service, um, and we're you know pretty dense across the southeast. We just added a location even up in the northeast in Port Newark. Uh, we have locations in places like Houston. We have multiple locations in Dallas. And we're starting to work along the, the West Coast as well. Craig, how do fleets think about parking for their drivers? You have a lot of experience in this. Are they paying for it? Are they supporting drivers in this? Or are you on your own when you're out there? I mean, oftentimes you're on your own. Some fleets are paying for parking. and Some, some of the fleets will negotiate it uh, with the truck stop providers. Uh, as they buy fuel, they get parking included in it. But it is an exception, not the norm. It's really a lot of it's up to the driver to sort of fend for themselves when they're out on the road. It's an unfortunate reality of being a truck driver is that it's just one more frustration you have to deal with. And let's be honest, it's a safety problem, not only for the safety and security of the load, but the driver, but also if the driver doesn't find a good place to rest, we've all been tired. I've got five kids. I know what uh, not getting a lot of sleep looks like. It, it is a situation where you're putting the public at risk if the driver cannot find quality parking. I think what Evan's doing is something that is really is going to change the quality of life for the drivers. It has a, will have a profound impact on uh, really how they'll be able to protect themselves and the loads and the cargo that they're under. Uh, and then I think one of the other sort of important features of what Evan's doing in his business model 
uh, with Truck Parking Club is he's not just going out and buying parking spots. Uh, he's actually working with existing property owners that have excess parking. So you think about a lot of these trucking fleets have these terminal networks that may not be fully utilized for their own uh, fleets. It's an opportunity for them to essentially uh, offer uh, truck parking and generate some incremental income uh, to folks that have the app. I, I'm passionate that this is a, a, a solution that um, really uh, could change and have an enormous impact on our industry. You know, you mentioned finding parking is a risk for the drivers, but even parking itself is. We have travelers on here all the time, and they've been talking to me lately about the amount of cargo theft that has gone up since the market has gone bad, especially electronics and produce kind of stuff. Guys, do you have any security at these lots to put uh, drivers' mind at ease? So it's a location by location basis, but every location will tell you what we call uh, amenities. So if it's 24-7 security, um, cameras, fence gated, things of that nature, every location is going to tell you what's offered and you're going to know going in before you make your booking uh, what you're going to get. Hunter, where do you fit into all this, man? How, do you, how are you going to grow this thing? You're the CGO over there. He's the van. <clears throat> I, I brought the van down today, so I'm some wheels behind it and also dealing with a lot of property owners. Uh, having almost two decades uh, background in the real estate business, uh, I understand a lot of people's issues when talking with them, putting them on the platform, uh, and also uh, a lot of friends and family and in the trucking industry as far as truck drivers. Um, so communicating with them, getting these places on the platform and locating these places. There's so many places uh, that's so unutilized and so many places out there that are being parked on um, where the lot owner, you know, wants them removed, but would rather uh, let them be there when there's an income for those guys. You know, I've got a location in travel once we leave the set here uh, to put these sign up at a location to let the uh, general public know and the drivers know uh, that that's a place that they can park and that they can stay uh, and put their truck, whether it's uh, daily or weekly or monthly. Um, but just getting the growth out there, the word out there, networking with a lot of them. You'll be seeing the van and myself and my team, uh, Evan as well, at a lot of the shows. Uh, we're headed down to the Wildwood, Florida show at the 75 Chrome Shop uh, once we leave here. So we'll be seeing some folks down there, some good friends and some folks that we met at the Match Truck Show in Louisville. Uh, and going back to that money you talked about, Donor, uh, earlier, uh, we put 5,000 of those out. So a lot of the folks uh, know us by that and uh, still have those cards. So uh, people see them and they're like, oh, money, but it is our card. It's got our number on the inside, um, logo contact, how to put on the app, and just helping people. A lot of these uh, real estate people that have places to go on the platform um, just don't understand. I help them understand uh, just how easy it really is. Even if you're not uh, technology advanced, uh, Evan and the team has put together a really simplified way to add it and just uh, without us, uh, not necessary uh, to contact me or the uh, Evan or the team to put it on there, but just uh, super easy the way that they've put this program together and uh, just dealing with some of the real estate guys with some of these larger properties and uh, Meeting, it's uh, trying to ride several horses with one rear end, uh, but getting getting them on there. Yeah. Well, here's a here's a question, and uh, this is this is for all of you. There's a lot of anxiety among smaller owner operators about this push for electrification, 2030, 2035. Um, as misguided as it may seem, is the future of parking lots charging, Craig? No, I mean I I think I think the truck stops have the money to invest in these supercharging stations that you're going to need to 
to basically provide uh, EV charging. Uh, outside of regulation, like we've seen in California, EV is an impractical technology for over-the-road trucking. The physics just don't work. The economics just don't work. Now, maybe in the next five to 10 years, the technology will catch up to where the physics are today, but it's not there today. And I don't think property owners are going to invest significantly in EV parking. I do think the truck stops will take the lead because they have the most money to do this. Uh, it's in their economic interest. And I think even some of the property owners, uh, people like Prologis and others, that will be somehow instrumental in the development of some of these technologies at their locations. But I don't see a situation where a small parking a lot owner uh, would go out and invest in a supercharging station. It's just too expensive. They're expensive. Evan, if you've even looked into that, you've probably seen as, as much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've, we've looked at that, um, possibly offering that at some of our locations. And you know, the economics of that is, is pretty tough for us in our business model. So we're just staying focused on what we can control. Well, Here's something we control. We can send people over to truckparkingclub.com. We need it. There's one parking spot for every 11 drivers. Where do they go to learn more? Yeah, you can go to truckparkingclub.com. You can also call our, our line, 888-899-PARK. So that's 888-899-7275. You can hit us up on any of the social medias. Um, easiest spot is truckparkingclub.com. Go there to book a space. You can also shoot us a message. And also Thank go you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jenner. Yeah. I can't wait to hear Hutto uh, talk about load board fraud <laughs> and how truck stops addressing it, because it is a major issue. We talked about driver issues, but let's talk about the biggest issue in this industry is load board fraud, and that is a rampant issue, and I know truck stops uh, working to address it, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he is thinking about it. Me too. Me too. Well, we'll get to it in just a second. Meanwhile... Are you ready for best pizza of life? Bring friends down to Pepperoni Hug Spot. Our chefs make pizza with heart and special touch. Cheese, pepperoni, vegetable, and more secret things. Need delivery? Pizzas come fast. Knock, knock, who's there? Pizza magic. Eat Pepperoni Hug Spot pizza. Your tummy say thank you. Your mouth say, mmm. Pepperoni Hug Spot. It's like family, but with more cheese. There you go. AI made that ad, by the way. Uh, Redditor put that up yesterday. It's been making the rounds. I don't know. You're going to put your uh, trucking company's marketing department up to AI right now with creepy guys bringing pizzas through your door? Although at the same time, right? I mean, if it is iterative and this is what they're doing in 2023, 2024, 2025, those ads, it gets pretty scary. You got to figure out how to get the hands right, don't they? Let's talk to Brent Hutto. He's the chief relationship officer over at Truck Stop. Craig's at the table better than I can, so let's just bring him right up. Hey, Brent. Oh, dude, it's great to be with you, man. Look, I, I listened to your last segment about truck parking and what a great solution, but I felt a little jealous, man, because you got a hat on, Craig's got a hat on, the guys from Truck Parking Club got a hat on, so I'm going to put mine on here. I'm going to get right here that truckers run the nation. Right oh, here, like this that. is a, oh yeah, this is a, this is a good friend of mine out of Hampstead, North Carolina, a guy named Jared Poindexter. He's a guy that just uh, wanted to make sure that the, um, the, the respect and credibility for owner operators and for trucking companies is, is continuing to grow. And so he had this little logo and I saw it at, at a truck show a couple of years ago and fell in love with it. Great guy. He's a, he's just a, it's an owner operator in the industry and started this thing. Cause so it's, it's truckers run the nation. And, and we, we, we agree with the same thing, man. So lots of fun. 
Well, some truckers are getting ripped off. We hear about it all the time. Yeah, getting no caught up yeah. in double yeah. brokering and yeah. fraud. I hear yeah. it's on the rise. Do you have any statistics? Tell us about this. Oh, well, man. Yeah, thank you. First off, thanks for having us on. We love sponsoring Freight Waves. We love partnering with Freight Waves. We appreciate all the clarity you bring to the marketplace. That's super important to us, too, because we feel the same way you do, which is you got to communicate. You got to make sure you're open and transparent with the market. And so what? because we see such great data, Dooner, um, we get to look, get to really look at the trends in the marketplace, and we've got uh, where where we truck where we um, track fraud is in the broker complaints and the carrier complaints in the marketplace. We have an entire division in truck stop that's sort of a black ops division called the assurance department, which we actually help alleviate problems between brokers and carriers so they can move freight a lot better. We feel very strongly about that to making sure that they're both working in quality ways. But we got data all the way back to 2003 on complaints in the market. And what you see, here's what you see. Here's the big thing, man. In down markets or markets that are coming kind of back down to normal, like we've had in the last 12, 15 months, is that more fraud is in those times because carriers and brokers, but mostly carriers, get kind of like googly eyes at freight that's out there that, that, that that's um that is that's got higher rates on it than that should be normal in the marketplace. So we track this back. So the big spike was in 2008, 2009. You know, remember the Great Recession? I'm old enough to remember that. And um, we saw we saw complaints but with, from brokers and carriers increase 100%. So 100% more than normal. And then you tracked all through. It's kind of been kind of normal since, believe it or not, since 2008. It's kind of, it's kind of up and down a little bit, but not a whole lot tr- tremendously. I mean, 10%, maybe 15% during different times. Even 2018, 2019, because that was a normal sort of economic market. And we, which was a good market for, for, for owner operators and small carriers. But by the way, love owner operators and small carriers. You kind of see my, my overdrive, my overdrive truck right there. That's where I work before truck stop. So, um, we saw, but so we didn't see a big rise in 2018, 2019, but hold your horses, pal. 2022 was a different year when everything started adjusting back to normal fourth quarter of 2022, we saw a 400% increase in broker complaints of double brokering and fraud in the marketplace. Now, double brokering has got a lot of things, nuances to it, but we saw a 400% increase. And it's because the marketplace was so uncommonly high. And when it came back down, carriers would look at something and they'd go, oh, that's a great rate. I should just take it and wouldn't do their due diligence. Uh, Well, I mean, what are some ways you can... What are some ways you can avoid this now? Like, what is the common tricks yeah. that that they're using yeah, yeah. to get into? I've heard of some places, like some brokerage offices. There was one in Glendale that had like a thousand suites in it. Same address, just all these different fake brokers assigned to all the different yeah. suites. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. The 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 focus has been a lot in California, right? And and so why I don't, I don't necessarily know. Maybe there's there's just bad players there. But there's also you brought up something really interesting. If you look at data and it's not it's just you kind of scratch your head and go, wait a minute, that's that just doesn't look right. So you got to make sure you proof your data. You got to ask. Them th- so there's a few things we, we, we tell owner operators. And by the way, we serve lots of them have been since 95. We'd, t- we'd say, look, first off, ask in-depth questions. There's no question that shouldn't be asked. Don't try to move too quick, especially in this marketplace. When you see a rate, if you see a rate that should be $2,500, I mean, TruckStop provides rates in the marketplace on every single lane. So when you see a market, if you, it should be $2,500 and it's for $4,000, do, do, do your due diligence. Ask a lot of questions. Contact contact the information on the bill of lading. Like, is this really the, is this really an accurate place? You talked about the, 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 the drop-off location. I mean, if you've got a whole bunch of them and located in one place, or like Wyoming or somewhere, it's probably a who spidey sense there. You want to make sure you pay attention to it. 
like I said a minute ago, if they're paying a lot more Dooner for the shipment, then the normal market um, is, is, is allowing at the time. Remember, we're in a supply and demand marketplace. Every owner operator, every small carrier should know we're in a standard supply and demand marketplace. Rates go up. and we, we loved them in 2022 and 2021. We don't like them as much in 2023 because it's hard. Fuel's hard. Inflation's killing people. But do your do your background. Do your diligence. If they're paying above market value. It's, it's, it's probably a red sign. Like I said, the Spidey sense. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is one of my favorite. This is been three years old. But also, hey man, vet your brokers. So this is the key. This is what we, we talk to carriers and owner operators all the time about this. It's important to have a relationship with a broker. And look, I don't, I'm not saying you got to be BFFs with them, you know, but you need to know them well enough to be able to ask those serious questions. So vet your brokers. And then finally, more importantly, look, most owner operators have been out there. They've already been in the market 10 years before they become an owner operator. So they know this industry and they know it really well. The gut is important. Trust your gut. Believe it or not, trusting your gut comes from a different region of your brain that says, my past experience tells me something's not quite right with this. So trust your gut. So ask questions, contact, make sure you look at the rates in the market, use your data, vet your brokers and dinner. That'll keep you out of a ton of trouble in the market. Well, you mentioned Spider-Man, and one of my favorite memes yeah. is the one with all the Spider-Men pointing at each other. And if you look at brokers, there's so many brokers that have like nearly yeah. identical names. And I obviously they do this on purpose to create market confusion. You mentioned vetting, but ha- like, how do we do that? What's a good way to vet a broker? Yeah, well, no doubt. Well, well for Truck Stop, and you know, we've been around 27 years, so we're a leader in the marketplace. Uh, we like to think we're the leader in the marketplace because we're really out there to make sure we're transparent with information, the information that the carrier sees, the broker sees, for the most part. There's a little bit of it that's different. But we actually grade every broker on our system, A through F. You know, look look at their days to pay. Look at how long they've been in business because you know what? They're looking at the carrier to see how long they've been in business. There's a lot of identity, chameleon, they're called chameleon carriers. So there's a lot of identity theft going on right now. And that's how these bad players, these super bad you don't want to know the language I want to use in these guys because I can't stand that they're hurting our industry. These yeah. players that will that will pretend to be a carrier will get the freight, will try to sell it to another un, unsuspecting carrier at a much higher rate, and then they take the money, and then the carrier is left holding the bag. But vet your carriers, vet excuse me, vet your brokers, and it all comes back to the relationship. And so those are really important. And and, and there's different types of freight that are win brokers too. That, that's important to think about. So what is Truck Stop doing to help the owner operator, the truck owner protect themselves from this fraud and double brokering? Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, that, that's the question right there. It's about it's about data security. Honestly, it's about data security. It's about first off, it's important. We bought a product RMIS a couple of years ago, and we're very thankful to have them in our product because the standpoint of, of, of getting the care, the care information vetted, quality information vetted, and then onboarding them quickly in into being able to move the freight. Because if you can't onboard them, you can't move the freight. Really, it's about data scale, all right? So if you don't have all the data in the marketplace, and we have the greatest amount of carrier data play in, in the marketplace, and if, to be able to make sure that those brokers are able to hire the quality carriers, and then all the data in the system is as accurate as possible. Just just recently, we we changed our, our authentication process into RMIS, where there's double authentication, which removes a lot of the, the challenges in the marketplace. So that's just one thing that we're doing in the market, doing. but it's really about data scale and having a scope into the entire marketplace and having, here's the big thing, here's another big thing, network effect. When you, you can't just have a little part of the marketplace and claim that you have clarity in all of the marketplace. We've been around for a long time. The reason we we, 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 part, we partnered and, and purchased RMIS was because they were the Cadillac in the marketplace. They were the leader. They had the more data than anybody else. And now Truck Stop, even with our history of our data and with RMIS data, we have the most collection of carriers than anywhere else on the planet. I like to say universe. 
but anywhere on the planet, areas <laughs> that run freight. And it's really about that data clarity, making sure that that data is as accurate as possible. And before people leave this segment or they're listening to this podcast yeah, or they're watching the video, what's the first thing they should do next to make sure that they're, they're not falling trap into this? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is make sure you, you, you have a trusted environment to work in, no doubt. Here's the thing. In, in, our, in our industry, there's been a lot of new entrants in the marketplace, uh, and they're great. It's wonderful for technology to keep moving forward. Just make sure they've got the scale and the history in the marketplace and, and the staying power, not just they've been around a long time, but the staying power that they really can see all of the market doing that. I mean, I can't express that. We are in a networked community. The the spot market for just the backhauls, that doesn't exist anymore, okay? It is a legitimate part of the marketplace. It's going to continue to grow. About 30% of all freight connects in through brokers into these small carriers that run the marketplace. That's why I'm so glad that you guys and Craig are really doing this thing for small for owner-operators and small carriers because they're the guys that usually at the, they have the least advantage in the marketplace when it comes to data, but not with TruckStop. When they connect into TruckStop, you get... Tr- Tremendous visibility in the entire marketplace because our job, we feel very confident about this and very, very responsible this dinner is to, is to empower the owner operator specifically and the small carrier to be able to run their business like anybody else in the market. And you can't do it in today's market because of the network effect of data without having access to the data. So we provide that to them in spades like nobody else with the scale and scope that helps them to be able to trust the marketplace. Now, look, there's always bad players. Now, there's always going to be bad players. There has been since since the Great Recession. It's been it's been like increased since the Great Recession. But the point is to arm yourself with data. Arm yourself with data. You're already the greatest truck drivers in the world. You're either, you you run trucks like nobody else. But arm yourself with data to protect yourself. Wow, great words, Brent. Very great words. Yeah, man. Everyone- Go to truckstop.com. Check them out. Protect yourself from this growing issue that is not, not going away. But I do have one question for you. I do have one before I let you go. Are inspections a great way to vet care? This has been like a topic of debate because I've had a lot of small carriers reach out and say, hey, we haven't been inspected in like a year or two, but we're not out there trying to get inspected. Yeah, look, any data is good, dude. That's no no problem, man. Any data is good. But here's the problem. If you have incomplete data on a data set, you only get a fractional part of it. Look, as great as look, and I, look, we, we appreciate the FMCSA. We have no problem with them. We appreciate all the DAT and highway inspectors that are on the market that do the, do their great through the CVSA and everybody else in the marketplace. But here's the struggle. You got 3.4, 3.5 million trucks out there, and you don't have near enough inspectors to inspect more than about 10% of the trucks that get inspections, maybe 20%. So it's easy to go after the big players. The small players typically aren't inspected as much. Now, look, if you're breaking the rules and you get caught, I get that. But the problem with inspections is that they're just not, they're not, it's not the deep, rich data that you have on 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 the marketplace. So yes, is it, is it valid? Sure, it's valid. Absolutely. Is it complete? Not even close. Wow. Great answer. Great answer. Truckstop.com. Go protect yourself in this market and get ahead. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us on, dude. Keep trucking, man. You too. Appreciate it. Love that hat too. Maybe he'll send me one. Anyways, (laughs) elsewhere. This man came out the bushes. I love the paint job. They got the cozy, the cozy, the little tykes, cozy cruiser on this smart car. I think this is maybe the only way to make a smart car like acceptable and cool. Just lean into how ridiculous it is. And plus, like if you live here on one of those main roads where you can't even get out of your house, you can you can just drive through the woods. And then if you break your car, maybe you could contact a uh, fleet solution specialist. You know, it's funny. We just talked about inspections. We just sort of that kind of leads right into maintenance here. We got Tyler Harden, chief product officer at TTN Fleet Solutions. And last time I saw this guy in person, we were like 
at Gats in Dallas, and we had that little Mevo on there. It's been a while, but it's great seeing you again. It has been a while, and uh, thanks for having me on, Dinner. Good to see you again. What, even new trucks break down. I mean, that was that was your saying back in the day when, when I first met you guys. Um, you've been uh, putting on your thinking cap. You're learning. You wrote a whole white paper about this. What is going on with in-cab technology and leveraging that for vehicle maintenance in 2023? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, before I start, that, that AI pizza spot was like slightly creepy, man. I yeah. don't know what is going on there. Uh, and, and AI is... Uh, AI is different, right? We'll we'll figure it out one day, I hope. Yeah, with the white paper, uh, I, I just kind of wanted to get like a general view of what out what is out there for in cab technology. And there's been a bunch of market players that have been there for for years. Uh, and so uh, my mission was to figure out how I can leverage certain portions of it uh, of the in cab technology that's accessible to us today, and maybe what's available in the future. And, and see how we can apply that to, to maintenance. And so at TTN, um, we've got a, a series of partnerships that we're going to be uh, publishing here in the, in the next few months. Uh, one of them we released today uh, in the in, in this show with CrownSource and their Big Rig Savings app, giving ERS roadside assistance and towing, uh, you know, to uh, owner operators and small fleets. Um, and so in that white paper, you, you know, you might find an interesting read. Um, uh, I, I did a little research there. And uh, I think you'll find that based on, you know, kind of what's been out there in the market, that there is some leverage points that we can uh, use use uh, for, uh, you know, scheduling maintenance uh, in even on breakdown situations where drivers can have access to, to sending their information in and getting a quicker, faster service um, and more reassurance on the, on the roadside. Well, I think, you know, the, the value of maintenance was really shown clear over the past couple of years. When we were talking about this market, especially when this market coming undone and the owner operator, one of the reasons Craig published his report back in March of last year is he didn't want owner operators going out and buying a bunch of equipment because what was going on at that time is equipment was highly elevated, but so were repairs. So were the theft of, uh, in Freightliner, for example, people were breaking into those and stealing gearboxes out of them. Maintenance is critically important, maybe more so than ever. Have the cost raised significantly? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, costs are going up. Um, you, you, you know that everywhere, right? And so the unforeseen cost as a small fleet operator is really something that um, I, I could imagine is a, is a daunting task. Um, the thing that I always try to tell everyone is, you know, be prepared, uh, have a support system. Um, and, and we are one of those for large fleets. Um, you know, they, they have their own maintenance offering, uh, but even, even the larger fleets need help. And that's where we step in. Uh, we're excited that with the new uh, uh, CrownSource partnership with Big Rig Savings app, we can actually offer those types of, of, of savings and efficiencies um, and, and quickness to service to a, to a smaller fleet and, a, and an owner operator. Um, you know, and, and what I would say about maintenance in, in, in these markets is, you know, don't neglect it. Um, but just be cautious and uh, and have a support system. What are some of those unforeseen costs that you're 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 seeing out there that people aren't prepared for? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, first one comes to mind is the unforeseen cost of of not knowing who to 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 ask for help, um, and that's the biggest thing because when you're broke down on the side of the road, you're in the middle of you know. Uh, Wyoming, I, I think we talked about that. Uh, you know, there there are great service providers around, but you may not know who they are, and 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 that's what we do. Uh, we know who they are, and we can connect you to those. Um, but 
that backfall, that plan, because the minute you try to search for somebody, now you, you know, you're, you're calling three or four people. You're not exactly sure how long it's going to be till they get out there. And there's just a lot of uncertainty. And so you could miss a whole day, maybe even two or three days, depending on what your issue is. And uh, uptime is everything. Uh, moving those, you know, move, moving freight, uh, you know, every mile counts. And so, um, especially, especially in the market that we're in today with, with, with lower rates and, and things like that, 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 that we're trying to get every amount of revenue across the truck, uh, downtime is just, just something that, that you got to be prepared for when it happens. Um, but you also have to have a really good plan. Our, our maintenance, so look, it's human nature. You're not bringing as much money and everything is now a cost, including repairing your truck. What happens to maintenance intervals when the market is bad? It seems like, look, unfortunately, this might be a good time to put things off for some people. That's the way they're thinking. Yeah, you know, it, it could be perceived as, hey, you know, I really don't have the top line revenue to come in. And I can't afford that two or 300 extra dollars that I might do. You know, one thing's you know, as simple as, uh, you know, the regular stuff, the oil changes, your your regular uh, scheduled maintenance, but things that people don't uh, maybe think about. And this is, you know, my background is, is in diesel technology. I went to Universal Technical Institute that the, the alignment of your truck, the, the tire care, making sure you've got proper inflation. Right. The, I mean, tires are a huge cost uh, with fuel efficiency, with with the cost of the tire to replace it and even just comfortability as you're driving up and down the road. So even an alignment that maybe is a few hundred dollars is worth it to do while you have the downtime, even though you may not have the, the, the extra money, it's definitely something that's going to pay off over time and you'll be ready and being able to go a lot farther uh, when things do turn around. So I'm an owner operator, a small fleet. I want to work with TTN. What is the experience like? How does TTN work? Yes. Yeah, so um, with the owner-operator small fleet segment, uh, we're, we're happy to be here. We're excited about this show. We love the outreach to that to, to the drivers. The drivers are, you know, Move America. We, we, we know that. And so what we've done is we partnered with CrownSource. Uh, CrownSource is a company that built a B2B app uh, um, and, and web, web interface to where you can take, uh, they're, they're a big purchasing buying group. And so you can take and find those discounts and those savings for anything that you need as a, as a, as a trucker. Um, and so one of those things that, that we help them with is offer ERS and, and roadside assistance. Uh, but that platform really allows you to get our services on that through that through that app, as well as tires, as well as a fuel program that they have also, and many, many other things. So it's a really good resource. There's really no reason, you know, why you shouldn't have it on your phone if you're if you're going to be, you know, up and down the road, um, especially, you know, um, since it's, it's free to download uh, and, and you have access to everything you need, hopefully there. Uptime is is critical for trucks. What is uh, your best tip for making sure that your fleet keeps running smoothly? Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, you'd, you'd go on, well, maybe buy a brand new truck. But that was the last time we talked. New trucks break down, too. Uh, the thing to, to be really uh, cautious of is just be aware of your uh, of your vehicle and the way that it's functioning. Um, if something's not right, don't don't let it slide. You know, get in there, get it fixed. Uh, call somebody, call a service provider, call us, uh, call whoever you need to call and, uh, and, and take care of it before it comes a bi uh, becomes a big problem. Tyler, people want to learn more about TTN Fleet Solutions. Where do I send them to? Yeah, so you can go to ttnfleetsolutions.com. Uh, uh, you can also reach out to me directly. Uh, I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can, you can hit me there. Um, and then, of course, uh, I, would, I would definitely recommend going to crownsourceinc.com slash savings and download the app.
Great app. All right. Well, we'll check it out. Thank you so much for coming on. Don't be a stranger. Sure, and I, hope, I hope to see you again yeah. soon. All right. Likewise. I hope they bring Gats back so we can, we can hang out there together. R.I.P. Gats. Not R.I.P. Rachel Premack, though. Rachel Premack, editorial director at Freightwaves, and she's got a brand new microphone. Hey, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. What kind of a microphone did you buy for yourself over there? It is a, like Yeti. a Yeti. Yeah. Yeah, just the standard. I, I feel like this is what all the all the kid, cool kids have. It's the same one that Brielle has, according to Fraser Good Game. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay, <laughs> cool. We're all we're all on the same team then. Well, you know, not all drivers are on the same team though. You put out an article about deregulation and unionization, and it's one of like your old chestnuts. You wrote about this at Business Insider. Every couple of years, you you wheel this one back out, and you you put what you've learned since then into that one but let's start at the beginning or let's start at the question why aren't truck drivers unionized so this is kind of an annoying response but the reason they're not unionized is because there aren't most of the companies that are employed truck drivers are not unionized and i know that's a very annoying response but there used to be more truckload companies specifically that um had unionized workforces but many of those companies went bankrupt in the early 1980s uh, following deregulation. Uh, the important thing to note is that um, a lot of LTL carriers, less than truckload trucking companies, are still unionized. But when we look really at that truckload side or the uh, local driver side, most of those drivers are not unionized. Interesting. We have a chart here. Can you guys throw that one up? This, is, this shows right here. Percentage of employed Americans in a labor union. And that has, I mean, that's got, this isn't really a surprise. I mean, this has gone down massively. Um, I feel like I was born after like the big union push and I'm like in my early forties. So you have, uh, must've you, you, unions haven't just been a big thing. They haven't been a big thing in trucking. Wh why do you think this decline has happened though? Yeah. So I would say it's it, there, there's a whole bunch of factors to explain the decline in unionization more broadly, but looking more specifically at trucking, the reason why this decline has happened is can really just be directly tied back to deregulation. So in the early 1980s, uh, the trucking industry, or prior to the prior to 1980, trucking was actually a very high profit um, industry. Not a lot of turnover in terms of companies. Companies were pretty stable. Bankruptcies were relatively uncommon. Following deregulation. Uh, the barriers to entry to open one's own trucking fleet completely went away or m largely went away. And as a result, basically anyone can start their own trucking companies, which is great in terms of, you know, encouraging more entrepreneurship and small business in the U.S. But on the other hand, with hundreds of thousands of trucking fleets, basically anyone can 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 become a truck driver and or become a, a you know, a small business owner in the trucking world and can compete on rates. And as a result, that's that's really seen uh, rates go down uh, quite significantly since since uh, deregulation. So why did deregulation happen? Well, who was pushing that? Yeah, so uh, many presidents actually through the mid 20th century wanted to deregulate the trucking industry just because 
it's it, it, it used to be an industry with a, and you know arguably one could argue still is an uh, industry with a lot of deeply entrenched political ties, especially through Teamsters. Uh, these were groups that really were protecting the trucking industry, ensure that it would never be deregulated. Um, but uh, through the 1970s with you know stagflation and just the economy becoming particularly challenging to navigate, it became more and more crucial for politicians to look at ways to make things more affordable, essentially. So that meant um, slashing regulations in the trucking industry, as well as rail and air cargo. So looking at those industries as well, uh, President Jimmy Carter actually passed um, deregulation laws to make those industries also also uh, operate under typical free market uh, type standards, which is good for, you know, ensuring that the free market reigns and that uh rates are as low as possible, but it certainly did hurt those entrenched players in the trucking industry, both on the executive side, as well as the actual workers and drivers in the industry. How did the mob feel about all this? (laughs) I don't think the mob was happy about this, but I think at this point, by the late 70s, um, the mob just didn't have, just wasn't, it wasn't what it used to be, you know? It really... Uh, wasn't what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, Whitey just wasn't the same after he went to Santa Monica. What about, so was it a good thing? And that's the question. Is, is deregulation a good thing or a bad thing? It's interesting talking to drivers because most drivers hate regulation, but then you also have the same driver who hates regulation in general, but it like longs for the day of regulation back in trucking. What kind of impact has this had on the driver themselves in terms of like pay and quality of life? Yeah, so looking from the late 1970s to today, a typical driver in the late 70s probably would earn a six-figure income. Um, not probably. They they the average salary was in the low hundred thousands. Um, also, were more likely to have you know retirement benefits and better vacation time and health insurance and all these sorts of things that are somewhat harder to get by in the trucking industry nowadays. Um, at this point, the median pay for a driver, according to the federal government, for a truck driver is more in the forty-eight thousand dollar range. Truck drivers are more likely than the average American worker to not have health insurance, and there's no data to show who and who doesn't have a 401k but i think we can safely say that pensions are no longer the uh the typical thing that that would happen in the trucking industry or frankly even outside the trucking industry it looks really bad if you look at the numbers by economist michael belzer it said trucking salaries have decreased by as much as 50 percent since deregulation unionization rates are far lower too falling from 50 percent of all truckers to under 20 percent Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael Belzer has done quite a few really big studies looking at at this um, decline in salaries. And, and you know, some, some do argue that the decline in salaries is offset by the fact that you can open your own trucking company, that you can actually enter this industry. When trucking was more heavily unionized, it was very challenging for people, you know, outside of the typical white guy in a city who has you know family connections to get into the industry now you know people of all 
genders and backgrounds and and ethnicities and and all that can can actually open their own trucking business, which is great. But the question is, is this is this business um, profitable or feasible for 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 drivers at this point? Well, is it? Let's see. In in 1980, true, the trucking trucking was a 170 billion dollar industry adjusted for inflation. Now it's an 800 billion dollar industry, and we've also seen fleet counts. Can you show this chart here? We've seen fleet counts raise dramatically over this time. That has to have a huge impact on rates, right? I mean, we're talking about a market that's all about volume and capacity, and right now we're in a market where rejects, tender rejects, have contracted freight are at 2.82 percent. That's because rates are low, and there's too many trucks. Yeah, exactly. So the more players there are, the cheaper things are going to get. It's 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 the same concept when we look at, you know, trying to find pop or soda or whatever you call it. In your in your in your in your region, there's only a few there's really three big players in the in the carbonated beverage world. Um Pepsi, Coca-Cola, and Dr. Pepper Mountain Dew and they really set the rates of what soda costs, and it's the same thing on the trucking side. There are so many players, so many com- competitors that no one is setting the rates, and as a result, it can result in this race to the bottom type of dynamic where people things just keep getting cheaper and cheaper because there's always someone who's willing to undercut someone else. Yeah, well, it turns out this may not have really been about the trucker ever to begin with. Uh, This gentleman, Lichtenstein, that you quoted said deregulation was a way to transfer power, not just from workers, but to the consumer. How has this impacted the consumer? Mm. Are things cheaper or things more? I mean, I think they are. Are things cheaper, more available? Is there a good side? Whether whether or not we can say that trucking deregulation has made things cheaper, that's that's something that people speculate and kind of assume that it has. But definitely one thing that's definitely true on the consumer side is that you can just buy basically anything you want anytime. I mean, when I was when my grandfather was a kid, it was challenging to get tangerines in South Dakota. Uh, in December. Now, you know, living in New York City, very far away from the tropics, less far away than South Dakota, but still not in the tropics at all. I can buy oranges any time of year. And that's a kind of a silly example, but it just shows that you can buy anything you want anytime. And that's sounds obvious, perhaps to to a lot of people today, but that wasn't always the case. It wasn't always so easy to buy literally anything you could ever want. (laughs) Not only is it available and feasible and somewhat affordable, but it can not only be available at a store near you, you can just get it delivered to your house in a day. And that's completely, this is very unprecedented in human history, of course. Um, so, you know, the 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 actual price of things, that's that's up for debate. There hasn't really been a study that conclusively show that things have gotten cheaper as a result of trucking rates getting lower, but it's not arguable that we wouldn't be able to have this modern supply chain we have nowadays if trucking were not cheap and flexible and very easy to dispatch wherever we need it to go. Well, from your lips to God's ears, like I remember being a kid, right? And like, there were Star Wars figures out, and if you got enough UPCs, you could, like, send in five UPCs and shipping and handling to get an Emperor Palpatine figure, except it would ship in six to eight weeks. That is an incredibly <laughs> long amount of time to make a kid wait for an Emperor Palpatine 
figure sitting around Staten Island waiting by his mailbox. It seemed like forever. By the time it came, I forgot about it. So there is some good, but, but here, should we be blaming the shipper? Because the, it licked, licked, the, the trucker's always blaming the broker. That's their nearest enemy. But Lichtenstein said, this is to squeeze labor all along the supply chain um, by the shipper. This creates a kind of sweatshop universe. Is the shipper the, the problem here? You could, if you wanted to, I think it's hard to blame anyone because everyone's kind of just a business that's trying to make as much money as they can. Um, but absolutely at this point, the shipper is the one in the supply chain with the most power. It's certainly not the trucking carriers at this point, And it's, it's not really the brokers either. Um, certainly shippers do have the power just in a broad scheme, maybe not as much in 2021, but Broadly speaking, shippers have far more power today than they did 40 or 50 years ago, especially and when it comes to setting the prices of, of, of trucking rates. Is there any solutions to this? Do we, do we need to have more regulation? <laughs> do we need to go back to deregulation? So it's interesting because when I've asked this before of people, you know, how to fix this, and, and this also kind of ties in with uh, driver turnover as well. Uh, and and the driver shortage, but I'm I'm making air quotes for those who are not who are not watching this on sure. video. Um, I I mean it sounds bad, but basically the only solution to this is to make everything more expensive. Which I that that that's essentially the solution that I've heard is that we need to raise trucking rates enough that drivers can you know still make a fair wage. Ultimately, that would be passed on to the consumer. That could also just be simply passed on to retailers and manufacturers who maybe would, you know, enjoy a less profitable industry and a less profitable situation. But kind of the solution of this would be for either consumers to pay more or retailers or manufacturers to have less of a uh, great profit margin, essentially. Hey, I got to give you a little cowbell, by the way. Uh, people who watch the news here, you've probably seen UPS earnings. You've seen some of these e-commerce earnings. And a few months ago, you wrote an article about box demand and uh, bubble wrap demand. You were way ahead of what was going on here. Now, it was kind of common because we knew in the freight flows, right, that we weren't getting as much of this stuff. So ergo, it would have to show up at some point. But tell me a little bit about what you, in your opinion, is going on with UPS and, uh, and maybe FedEx? Well, it's it's kind of what we just we what we've been discussing the last six months or twelve months at this point yeah. is that um, consumers are not buying as much as they used to, and there's too, still still an unusual amount of inventory. It's you know the economy is not great right now. There there are all these little small things, to, not small things, but you know when you look at um, credit card debt, that's really quite high and and back up to pre pandemic levels. Um, looking at things like the tax returns this year were were you know small historically. All of these small things that you know maybe at first they seem kind of anecdotal, but they bubble up and it results in people not buying as much stuff as they used to. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we bought enough stuff in 2020 and 2021, and we don't need to buy more. But um, I mean, this is what happened. This is what the Federal Reserve is is aiming for, you know, that people spend less money, that they save more and that um, we slow down some of this inflation. So it's, it seems somewhat inevitable that UPS and Old Dominion and all these other companies would report low volumes. 
is a UPS worker strike inevitable? Well, that's definitely something that we're monitoring, but they've got to get something together by, I believe it's either July or August. And if not, they seem set to strike. And that is a Teamsters union. So I have heard, the, I've heard some of the union first. rhetoric. They've been fired up. It certainly sounds like at, at least they're either putting on a good front or that's the plan. That is something like, like you mentioned, if, if you're out there, keep, keep your alerts on what's going on with that strike. Any idea what would happen if there was like a strike there? Does Biden break that up? What goes on here? He broke up the rails, Mr. Union. Well, well, (laughs) so the parcel companies, unlike rail, are not as protected under or not don't have the same sort of federal protections. Um, So that's something that I think would have to be sorted out with Teamsters and UPS. But it's I mean, it, it is. You could argue it's a good time to be a unionized worker looking to strike. The kind of the um, public opinion of unions are actually at an all-time high, even though unionization rates are historically quite low. So I think the individual consumer might be um, open to, to the driver's complaints. The other interesting thing about UPS is that unlike a lot of you know companies, uh, the UPS drivers have a relationship with their customers. You you see the same driver every day for years and it results in them having that really great brand loyalty and brand respect that you don't really see with, you know, say, say Nike. It's not like I'm talking to my Nike sales guy every day. Um, I don't even have a pair of Nike shoes, so I'm definitely not. Well, you but got a pair of, you got I, a pair I, I of think- Crocs. Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. I I really appreciate it. Anybody out there, subscribe to our newsletter, Modes, to get ahead of strikes by knowing cardboard box counts and reading about deregulation, all that stuff. Go to Mm -hmm. FreightWaves.com or just search Rachel Premack FreightWaves. That's whatever I do when I find her articles. Take care. If you like this show, What the Truck is on three days a week live, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at noon Eastern time. But of course, I don't expect you to make an appointment with your TV. You can watch this on demand whenever you want on FreightWaves' YouTube channel, on the FreightWaves TV app, or how I like to, in audio, in podcast. So I don't have to look at my ugly face. I can just walk around, walk on my dog, listen to my show. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find this show at FW now. Stay tuned. We got more sections coming up. Who's up next? It's lunch. Take care.